so I've been thinking about how our the the way we introduce ourselves on this podcast is kind of like how Trixie and Katya introduce themselves on oh. I understand that those are those are people who participate in drag, but I that is the extent of my knowledge of this reference. <laughs> so Trixie Mattel and Katya are drag queens who have a web series called Uh and that's spelled U N H H H H. Um, and it's the show where they talk about whatever they want because it's their show and not ours. But every time they introduce themselves is something like completely off the wall and usually kind of horny. So maybe not quite the same as us. Yeah. <laughs> So it'll be like, hi, I want to have sex with my neighbor, but I don't talk about it. Trixie Mattel. And I'm in my early 40s, and I'm not afraid to show my breasts, boobs, tits, or jugs to the general public. Katya. Okay. This is just something I'm thinking about. I was just oh, yeah. thinking about it. Look, it's, it's, it's another one of those things where it's like, this is a reference that I am, that I do not have background for, and that, honestly, I'm okay just letting them live their life. I'm not super interested, <laughs> but I'm glad that it makes you happy. <laughs> This oh this whole episode is just going to be you looking at people being horny and going, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the teens are just having a little orgy and you're sitting in the background clapping like it's the end of Evangelion. Congratulations! <laughs> I also don't know the Evangelion reference because I haven't seen it. <laughs> my, my closest point of reference for Evangelion is the memes about like oh shinji getting the mecca and something about puberty <laughs> um i've never seen an episode of evangelion i only know what about it through memes therefore it's this i have the same exposure to evangelion that i have to my little pony friendship is magic mm. i only know about them via memes at the end everyone gets hugged and turns into tang what tanner i need you to explain yourself <laughs> i can't i don't know what it means i only know memes okay that would be a wild idea for a podcast. We're going to quiz you about guess guess something. Guess what actually happens in the source media based on the meme about it. I think that's just the show I'm actually. Okay. We haven't Tanner, we didn't count. 1 2 3 Tanner, don't say it like that. 4. <laughs> okay, sorry. Am I going too far? A little bit. Okay. 1 2 3 Four. Five. Six. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser like me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is currently a Glee Project recap and review podcast. Uh, my name is Christina, and you're all stars in my book. And I'm the only surefire way to disengage your temporal mandibular joint, Dr. Bitchcraft! Tanner. <laughs> That was another uh reference. <laughs> okay. I swear I'm done now. I'm done for this episode. Unless unless something relevant pops up. I'm probably gonna be saying this a lot this recording, but as long as it brings you joy, <laughs> I don't I don't need any more context. <laughs> Does this episode spark joy? Look, it's the it's a thing where it's like 
even if the joke that you're making is just for you and like whoever else recognizes it it's okay if i don't get it (laughs) also i would argue this episode did spark joy for me just in the sense that like i was able to see behind the curtain i saw the man inside ryan murphy's brain (laughs) That makes makes him sound like he's a little piloted by a little guy. I saw, but I saw I could <laughs> the man see and Ryan not the Murphy's face spirit. <laughs> I was seeing maybe it was next episode, but also this one. I could see Ryan, the gears in Ryan Murphy's head turning <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, Tanner, what are we talking about today? <laughs> I forgot. We're talking about sexuality. It aired on July thirty first, twenty eleven. Yes, episode seven of the Glee Project. It's about. Okay, you know, I want to say it's about fucking, but it doesn't really. It's just kind of, it's it's like parability, except everyone's romantic, instead of just half of them being romantic. Yes, it's like, this This one is specifically about, like, like romantic, yes, and a little, and like, also kind of sexual chemistry. Whereas parability was more so about, like, platonic compatibility in chemistry. Yeah. It's also an episode about how it's okay to be gay. Yes. But not, but not too gay. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Which is wild since this is related to Glee, however tangentially. But I want to start by once again bringing up the fact that Hank, the editor, has never edited a reality to show before. Because this episode is desperately making you, like, trying to make you think that Samuel is a main character when he extremely has not been, despite winning multiple challenges in the past. Yeah... It's very much been Sam won, and he was good. Moving on. Mm-hmm. It, the thought that I had with that while listening and watching these episodes yesterday was like, I feel like the people who were doing the best in the context of a competition were like Samuel and Hannah and Marissa, because none of them really were like super sparking the drama and they were here to and they were like putting in the work and the effort and it was showing they just weren't making reality show waves well so so here's an interesting thing about samuel i found an interview yesterday Mm -hmm. that he says that he actually went in with a strategy which was to do good but not great and mm-hmm. so then if he ever got called out on not growing enough then he would just actually start putting all the effort in which is kind of weird <laughs> i mean it makes sense from a reality show perspective mm-hmm. but it's weird from like this show even though it clearly worked yes it it is a strategy that makes sense especially in the context of workplace and interview it is strange to hear it from glee where everything is either full throttle or no throttle yeah also so did you know that sam auditioned for sam no i didn't know that yeah it was in the early run of the show where they were doing MySpace auditions and he submitted a MySpace video auditioning for the show Glee, not the Glee Project. Oh, and okay. they tracked him down and they had him read for Sam and he didn't get the part. But then they said, we want you on the show. And what they really meant was, we want you on the Glee Project. So he got to audition for Glee Project, but like, he immediately went to the semifinals, essentially. Interessante. Yeah, Samuel's like kind of a plant, and I don't want to use that as a dig against Samuel. That'll come later. But it is no, kind it's, of weird. Yeah, it's it's not look, it's the Glee Project, nothing is fair, but that is not super fair to the other contestants, especially because it's like if <laughs> you're facing you're facing off against someone who already met 
the judges, the hosts, the producers once face to face, and they already liked him. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then, but also like because he talks a lot in his confessionals about not having acting experience, and it, like, and so it's true that it's not he doesn't have acting experience. This would end up being his first acting role, but like the fact that he's already been auditioning and kind of going through the process does muddy the waters, but I can guarantee you that he would have been told, oh, don't mention that in your confessionals, or they just edited around that. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. say Samuel never mentions that it was a miserable experience. He's just like, yeah, it was It was a cool time, whatever. So yeah. that also says something, not necessarily about Samuel so much as the competition as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we should talk Anyways. about the episode proper. So they come back in, from seeing Marissa getting eliminated. And they mm-hmm. see that the next uh, song to sing, the next homework project, is Like a Virgin, and the theme is Sexuality, and Alex is living. Mm-hmm. And you know who's not living is Hannah, who says, I'm like a koala bear, I can't be sexy. And I'm like, honey, go for it. And they do get into it. Like, they're practicing getting close to each other and caressing each other. At some point, someone had stuck a barrette in Damien's hair, which, like... <laughs> Damien is trying to to croon at Hannah from behind and like caressing her face. Meanwhile, Lindsay's in the background like trying to adjust the barrette in his hair. Because <laughs> like one thing that is mentioned is that Hannah is like, "Hey, what if everyone is like trying to seduce me?" And Samuel says, "Like, would it be weird if I hit on you in this music video?" There's also like we see Sam doing a hair flip, and then he yeah. he, he asks if Cam if it would be okay if he was flirting with Cam. Oh, oh, that's. That is context. I forgot to write context. Like, it gets, he gets in real close and he tries to lick Cameron's face. And Cameron's like, ah, but it's not like, oh no, my Christian virgin heart. It's like, haha, dude, stop it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's it's very much like, oh, the kids are finally getting to have some fun in the wilderness survival camp. Yes, absolutely. And Cameron has a confessional where he's just like, listen. I know they fuck on Glee, okay? I see. Th- I know they fuck on Glee. It's just t- taking me a little bit of time to get there, okay? I'm, d- I'm different. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, in the choir room. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to mention that they do another villain edit for Lindsay where she's like, I'm just thinking about my chances in the competition. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, the, the villainy didn't stand out to me too much for this no. episode and the next one. Because everyone kind of has a comment where it's like, oh, it's getting really real. There's only six of us left. Yes. And not to spoil the next episode, but uh, there's going to be a lot of recontextualizing that happens. (laughs) So hashtag team Lindsay. (laughs) Hashtag team everyone. (laughs) Except Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Robert Ulrich. (laughs) So in the choir room. Robert announces that they thought long and hard about who to bring in for the mentor, and I'm like, oh, you thought long and hard, eh? <laughs> but yeah, this week's guest hosts are Ashley Fink, yay, and Mark Salling. And Hannah is hype! And I know we said we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to bring it too bad, but it's it's weird that he's here. Like, uh, <laughs> it's yes. kind of weird. Yes. Like, I think they could have done... I, I don't think they needed to bring Mark Salling to be to be the guest judge mentor for this I mean, episode the, especially with a comment that he's going to make in about in about 10 minutes but they were the hottest couple on the show until Ashley was immediately written out in the first episode of the next season <sighs> oh don't remind me Tanner let me live in the place where Ashley Fink has a successful career in Glee and Lauren Zeiss's rules William McKinley High School anyways let's move on 
Yeah. There's a reason we don't talk about it that much. Ashley mentions to the contestants that Ryan Murphy treats writing high school relationships like trying on different outfits. You know what? Okay, sure. That is kind of what high school is for. (laughs) Citation needed in my case. I mean, that's what I wish my high school experience was. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. (sighs) Anyway, music. (laughs) Time for homework song, Like a Virgin. (laughs) Yeah, so so Lindsay mounts Cameron. Yeah. (laughs) They start off kind of paired up like it's Cameron and Lindsay, Damien and Hannah. And then Hannah and Sam and Alex and Damien. And my note here is I really hope they all talked about this beforehand, but also they're really just trying to push an OT6 here, huh? Yeah, this is definitely them being sexy and flirty of their own volition instead of being told to by a production company. Like, they clearly figured out everyone's boundaries and everyone, like, got along and went along with it. And like, when Alex flirts with Damien, Damien doesn't look uncomfortable. He does look like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Which but food. it's not in the sense of, uh-oh, boy. It's just like, whoop, a lot. <laughs> like, I literally even had in my notes, like, Cameron seems more comfortable this time. And then they just have a nice little orgy. Yeah, <laughs> and it ends with Damien sitting on top of the piano, like, pulling his jacket open to show off his black tank top. <laughs> look, look at my shoulders. That was Scottish, I'm sorry. <laughs> look at my shoulders. And this was one of the screen caps that I have potentially selected for our episode image that I'm going to send you. Oh, now. good. <laughs> But yeah, so everyone thought everyone was great. Ashley praises Sam for being equal opportunity horny. I can't, I don't think that's a direct quote, but that's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where Ashley says, you're all stars in my book. <laughs> and Hannah is praised for her willingness to be sexy. And she's like, thanks! <laughs> and Samuel wins. And then they get the reveal that this week's music video is going to be set to Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. And this is going to be another scenario where they split up the contestants, pairing them off. So it'll be Alex and Samuel, who are go- who are also going to get mentor time with Lauren and Mark. And their scenario is Garage Band. Damien and Lindsay, whose scenario is Finchel. And- <laughs> or no, not, not Finchel. Tell- it's Finn and Quinn. Yeah, they say that Damien is going to be a jock and everyone just kind of snickers at that. <laughs> yeah. And Cameron and Hannah are paired up. And their scenario is Quinn and Puck. Yeah. Their big message is make us believe it. Yeah, make us believe that you're just some horny teens. Yeah. And I think Hannah had a talking head about how she was like, wow, uh, like, Cameron is nice. I wish I could have actually gotten to do this scene with Damien, who who I'm actually, like, romantically interested in, at least a little bit. They are really pushing that Hannah has a crush on Damien angle. Like, yeah. To the point where I'm almost wondering if some of these talking heads are, like, from the same interview and they just disperse them throughout the whole thing. Because Mm -hmm. it it really felt like she was over it at a certain point. But they're like, no, no, shit, shit, we forgot, we forgot to push this angle from the beginning, so now we gotta make it seem like it's a whole thing. Yeah. We forgot to show any clips of Damien and Cameron interacting up to this point. Yeah. So we gotta let people know that they're best friends, so it's sad at the end of this episode. Yeah. Anyway, it's choreography time. It's really just dancing slow and hold each other tight. Yeah. And it's the same choreography between all of, between the three pairs, with exceptions for, like, situational, environmental setup, I'll say. There's a talking head from Lindsay about how she's like, I didn't win the homework assignment, and I'm really scared about being in the bottom three, because I don't want to go home. And I'm like, well, Marissa got... She won the homework assignment last week and she went home. 
yeah. in the same episode. So it's not it's not necessarily an indicator. Anyway, boys Shaq and not Shaquille O'Neal. Because <laughs> the boy Shaq is a little all place where we can just be guys being dudes. <laughs> Unless you're Samuel's mother. Because yes. Sam is concerned that his mom would not be okay with him portraying a gay on television. Because she was a Christian yes. who was raised to him to be a Christian, and she was also raised Christian in a Christianly way. Yes, he has some internalized homophobia. And some externalized homophobia. Yes. And I don't yes. want to I don't want to call him out on that too much, because it has been over a decade, and he's probably way better. Yeah. But also, yeah. I, can, I can't help but reflexively side eyes. Like, really? Hmm. Equality. <laughs> We're giving yeah. equal time to the gays and the people who aren't super comfortable with the gays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damien mentions that, like, he's like, oh, do you think there's going to be kissing? And he's like, I'm not, like, I don't think it's going to get too, too sexy because this is network television. But No, his actual quote is, it's not going to be over the top, it's Glee. And I'm like, Damien, have you watched the show? <laughs> yeah, like, that's I, true. I know what he's talking about just in terms of, like, they're not going to make us, like, deflower each other on camera, but yes. just in a vacuum, it's not going to be over the top, it's Glee, is incorrect. <laughs> yes, Glee is, Glee is by default, over the top. Also, in, in his confessional, he talks about the video shoot, but with his accent, it comes out as the video shit. <laughs> yes, accurate. To the point where I was wondering if they... If he really did say the video shit, and they just thought it was his accent and did not believe him. That would be wild. <laughs> Time for vocals. I mean, vocals isn't much. They're just like, everyone has to sing the whole song. And then Alex and mm -hmm. Hannah struggle a little bit, and then they're fine. Moving on. They, well, something I want to talk about is that, like, it, like, when Cameron is performing, Nikki is like, oh, just what I ordered. And she sounds very upset about it. And time for air quotes, therapy with Nikki because she's like, hey Cameron, are you uncomfortable because of the way your parents raised you or because of the cross you wear around your neck? And basically tells him, in the context of being on Glee, if you come across a moral dilemma, you have to put your morals aside and do the job. And I'm just yeah. like, and great. I just want to aside on Nikki. Mm -hmm. So you, you pointed something out to me the other night. Do you want to tell the audience what that was? Oh, was it the the disclaimer from the end of the... <laughs> yeah, that disclaimer. Yeah. So this, I, I'd intended on mentioning it next episode, but there is a disclaimer that has been in at least this episode and episode eight, where, and I quote, The mentors considered input from the producers and Oxygen in reaching their decisions. Yeah. So I want to take that. I want to say, like... I imagine some of the stuff that the judges do is at the behest of the producers. Yes. But Nikki, if, if, if a producer told Nikki, ask Cameron about his discomfort, it almost feels like she's all too happy to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I, I get distinct Karen vibes from Nikki. Yes. Again, I, I try not to pay attention to too much going on with celebrities, simply because that would give me an ulcer. But I don't feel like Nikki is ever, like, 100% on their side in their camp, you know? Yeah. Like, she, she's very much so here for the paycheck, and she doesn't care what the competitors are having to go through, as long as she's getting paid. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
Which also brings all of her heavy air quotes therapy sessions with people when they're in the recording booth into question. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, we go to Alex and Samuel's shoot for the video. My note here is Alex doesn't want to step on Samuel's straight toes, which is very kind of them. <laughs> and then we see a little bit from Alex and Samuel's mentor session with Lauren and Mark and not Lauren and Mark, Ashley and Mark. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> uh, hey, I did that a lot too. <laughs> Ashley says, like, as soon as you try to be sexy, you are not. And do we want to talk about what Mark says here? What does Mark say here? Mark asks Alex if he's old enough to be sexy. And my note here is, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hmm, yeah. I'm just praying that it was because Alex has baby face. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's let's yeah. move on. We do, we don't need to linger on that. We yes. know it's bad. We do hear a little bit from Robert, like on set for the video sheet, where Robert is like, "Alex is being too flamboyant." Well, okay, this one I actually kind of understand because Alex is. We've seen vulnerability from Alex before, so we know that they're capable of it in terms mm -hmm. of acting. But this one was very like like ooh ah sass flare that kind of stuff, and like mm -hmm. they do make a good point that. Well, this is a good thing that's going to draw people in. We need the big picture. We need the whole package. And we know you're capable of that. So bring a little bit of that to the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take the next part of the video shoot? <laughs> the t okay. So with Damien and Lindsay, mm -hmm. Nikki makes a comment that Lindsay doesn't have a diverse voice. It's very musical theatery, which is, I think, first off, wrong. Second off, even if it was right, Teenage Dream is kind of a musical theatery song. Yes. And also, you know who else has the musical theater voice? Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle? <laughs> and I, yeah, I would argue that Lindsay, if she's having issues, she's probably just nervous because of the previous kissing fiasco. And speaking of yes. kissing fiascos. Yes. R real quick before we get in, would you like me to add my comment before or after we handled the kissing fiasco? So I just want to say that when we mentioned Lindsay's TikTok about like being told to kiss a boy by the producers, I don't know if that was when she kissed Cameron two weeks ago, or if she's kissing Damien now, or if it's both. Either way, stop, Eric. Yes, my note, my note here is Eric White the Menace is back. And I blame him. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Yeah. So she kisses Damien. And Damien's all, like, flustered and a little giddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's just a lethal boy. He's just a little man. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember if he had a confessional. If he did, it was probably just him going, Oh, whoa, it was Lindsay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And Hannah's a little jealous. Mm -hmm. Because this is the put Hannah McElwain through hell fortnight. Not for- what? Yeah, fortnight. That's two weeks. Yes. In reality, it was probably, like, three days. I don't know. Time means nothing anymore. Who cares? <laughs> also, Hannah's hair is straightened for her music video. Real real quick, before we leave Lindsay and Damien's scene, they're mentioning, and by they I mean, I think it was Zach and Robert, and they're like, oh, Damien is just taking a step back and Lindsay is the one being in charge. And I'm over here like, have you heard of a bottom, sir? Hang on, hang on. Christina, I think you went too far that time. <laughs> Holy shit. My bad. I'm not gonna peg him. <laughs> No. Probably. Maybe? No, no I'm no. saying like, like, look, it's, <laughs> the man and the couple does not always have to be the aggressor. But, okay, hey, no. Or Christina, the initiator. <laughs> Christina, I think the word you're looking for is sub. Ah, 
bottom specifically only refers to when you're getting it in the rear. <laughs> and there's a reason the term power bottom exists. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go jump into the swimming pool. <laughs> I know there was jokes a little while about top and bottom essentially being the new genders, but then people were like, hang on, no, this isn't working. Oh, you actually left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remembered that they haven't filled the swimming pool up yet, so <laughs> so I can't. I don't have a body of water nearby to walk into the sea like Brian David Gilbert. <laughs> well, you know what? It's been a learning experience for all of us. Yeah, feel free to cut all of that because wow, I did not have a the right context or b the context to pull off that bit or joke. Keep, keep it in. It's fucking funny, <laughs> unless you're <sighs> genuinely uncomfortable. <laughs> No, <laughs> mostly uncomfortable with the fact that, like, the mo- no, mostly because the I know you didn't mean I know you didn't mean anything like malicious by it. That's why it's so funny. No, no. it's like a slip up my mom would make. <laughs> I'm also wishing that I would have given you more context from when I messaged you that last night. Yeah, I thought that comment was about Because I told Tanner last night, I was like, excerpt from my notes. And you were just like... <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought that comment was just like, about the fun little orgy at the beginning. No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Christina, we're, we're, I'm sorry for embarrassing you. Damien, we're sorry we called you a bottom. Yeah. <laughs> This is the one time when I'm gonna say, "Hey, people who listen to the people who were on the Glee Project, please don't listen to this podcast." <laughs> but you know now we have to call this episode the Bottom Project. <laughs> oh Let's get to the rest of the episode because I have an- I have another joke that I actually know that does not contain any sexual references whatsoever, and maybe a funnier get. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, Quinn and Puck scenario, go. Okay, so Hannah's hair is straightened for this music video, and it's a good look. I mean, her curly hair is a good look, too. It's just like, she, 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 she's good. She looked good. Yes. But I also, and not to get ahead of myself, but her hair is also straightened next week, and I made a comment about, like, the Lorenification of Hannah. Yeah. And I don't know what to I make mean, of it's that, not... because I watched this episode at 1am. Tater. Time got away from me. I was playing a very addictive mobile phone game. <laughs> I can understand that. I can understand that. Notable in Cameron and Hannah scene is that Eric White is like, oh, what if Cameron did a cabidon and then he and Hannah kissed and Hannah's like, well, I'd be down for it, but only if Cameron is okay with it. Good. And like, this is where my notes were. A boundary? On the Glee project? It's more likely than you think. And then Cam has a little think, he thinks a thought about it and he's like, yeah, no, I don't want to do it. And Hannah's like, okay. And Eric's like, oh, fine then, Cameron. Mm-hmm. You fucking prude. <laughs> Together, we are stronger than Eric White. <laughs> I've definitely mentioned on either Tumblr or other podcasts that more men should be sluts, but like only if they want to be. I'm not trying to pressure men. I'm giving them permission. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can think of at least one character from another TV show that would probably fall into that category. Who? It's That's Chase Dino Charge. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, no, we don't want him to be- he's already a slut. We just want him to, like, get out of the closet. Yes. Music video? 
music video. It's deplorable. The cinematography, terrible. How is it? Yes. Even, even past Eric Wyke being kind of a creep about wanting teens to kiss all the fucking time, he's just not good at directing music videos. No, it's... This one and the one in the next episode are very disjointed. <sighs> Like, they cut between the three couples at really random times, and my only note here is, well, not, not my only note, but my, my main note here is that Hannah and Cameron's scene ends up just being a 1v1 food fight. <laughs> they are fucking covered in baked good, not even baked goods, baking ingredients. Like, yes. mo- I'm talking eggs and molasses and icing sugar. Yes. There's a part where they've there's a part where Hannah and Cameron like both took cake batter and like painted each other's faces with it like they're in the Lion King or something. <laughs> Just smeared it all over. There is a shot where Cameron sprays some whipped cream on Hannah's titties. Yeah. I'm just over here, like, maybe they were like, if we cover ourselves in enough baking ingredients, they won't realize we're here and we can go away. <laughs> Let's let's create the Bon Appetit music video ten years in advance. <laughs> there is also a bit where Lindsay smacks Damien on the ass. Yeah, and Damien gets on the bed with his shoes on. Uh, I don't. I don't. Is that an American thing? Is shoes in the house? Because I've never met a person in real life who does. I mean, that. maybe I personally don't, but like I know friends who do that. But it's also kind of like whatever anyone's comfortable with. And, like, there are people who have indoor shoes, and it's like, mm. I, I understand that I if you got my slippies. <laughs> well, I, I understand if you've got your indoor shoes, if you have, like, grip issues with your feet, because that is something my mom does sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are people who have indoor shoes that are just shoes for inside the house to wear because they don't mm-hmm. want to wear shoes, because they do want shoes. Oh my god. Shoes. Shoes. Let's get some shoes. Oh my god, shoes. <sighs> Anyways. I didn't take any notes on Alex and Samuel's part of the music video. <laughs> they're just they're just guys being dudes. Yeah, I don't like how they mix the audio. I think, and this is, I, I preface this by saying this is not RPF, but I think Cameron would have been more comfortable if he had been paired with Damien. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they are friends, and I think the fact that they are both heterosexual would mean it might be easier for them to act close because there's no risk of like real feelings accidentally bubbling up yeah and maybe like the same with alex like if you, you pair alex with hannah again oh no they wouldn't do that because they already did that but if you paired alex with like Lindsay, it would be an interesting dynamic and alex wouldn't have to worry about stepping on toes on account of the fact that there are no toes to step on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you'd have sam and hannah yes. and his, his hair would be fucking filthy <laughs> oh my god Quick, get him to shave it all off. No, okay, now hang on. Now in this alternate universe where we scrambled the pairings, what would... So would it be... What? It wouldn't be Alex the jock. So it would be Lindsay and Alex in the garage band. And yes. Hannah and Sam baking. And then Damien the jock and Cameron the Cheerio? That could be fun. Or would Damien be the Cheerio? I think it would be interesting to see Cameron as the Cheerio, simply because he is tall. He can be a base for the lifters and the flyers. <laughs> Theoretically. He is also very skinny, so perhaps perhaps he'd be twig. <laughs> He's the one who gets thrown into the air because he weighs 20 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> there you go. 
Anyway, speaking of Damien and Cameron, Cameron's nervous, and Damien's like, don't be nervous, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Don't be cry. Damien's like, you know that American phrase, you only live once. You only live once. Hold on, I didn't even sing the song right, hang on. You only live twice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, I don't like how the joy's been beaten out of the contestants. Yeah. Because they're all just here like, oh man, I don't know if I did well. And also, this is the part where I realize they haven't done anything from the girls' shack this week, because I assume Hannah and Lindsay are just chilling. They're just having a normal one. <laughs> yes. They're probably like, oh, thank God, there's not enough of us to generate drama so we can get a normal amount of sleep, perhaps. <laughs> if the coyotes don't keep us awake. Yeah. So, we get to the tops and bottoms. And they decided since everyone was so good, except three people were terrible. But anyways, we're picking a top three instead of a bottom three, even though the bottom three exists by default. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They pitch it as, it's not a, everyone did a good job, it's just a question of how technically successful you were. Yeah. So, they're like, Hannah, you're great. You go through. Samuel, you're also great. You go through. Cameron, are you proud that you stuck to your beliefs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, too bad. Bottom. Yeah. And this is when they say that Alex was being too flamboyant. Which, again, that one I get. Yeah, and Damien was being too low-key. But they said, uh, well, Lindsay was being a character and and did what Eric White told her to do, so she's safe. <laughs> well, but th they give Lindsay criticisms too, and Lindsay expected to be in the bottom. Because, like, mm -hmm. the last person in the top three is, and they pause, and then she's like, oh, just say it. And then he says it's Lindsay, and she looks fucking flabbergasted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is where I wrote down that I just noticed that Cameron was wearing a rosary as jewelry. You're not supposed to do that. Was it an actual rosary? It's not just like a cross necklace? It was an actual rosary because we see in like the dressing rooms while they're preparing, there's a clear shot where you can see like the separate beads because like with rosaries, it's like a group of 10 beads and then there's a space and there's like then a spacer bead and then like another set of 10, which makes it very distinct. Especially if you can see the whole thing, and he is wearing a rosary as jewelry. You are not supposed to do that. Okay, so either he's just being a hipster about it, <laughs> or the costume department was like, Cameron, put this on. We need to make sure people know your question! I am inclined to say the costume department. It's fashion. Given what they do next episode, too, which I will also be bringing up. Anyway, they get their sing for their life songs. Alex is gonna sing I Will Survive. Cameron is getting Blackbird. And Damien gets the song Danny Boy. And they say, Hey, Irish boy, have you ever sung Danny Boy? You know, like the famous Irish folk song? <laughs> no, I've never heard of it before. And I'm just like, I have so much sympathy for Damien. If he was in the bottom next week, he probably would have been singing Loch Lomond. Oh my god. Which we got to sing in our choir. I sang Danny Boy several times. The kid who got the solo for Loch Lomond practiced his Irish brogue by singing Danny Boy in his free time. Oh my god. And I, I guess first up then, because like the dressing room scenes are nothing, they're all just exhausted. Yeah. Damien is up first with Danny Boy. Robert and Zach mentioned to Ryan that they were having to split hairs when it comes to like who to have in the bottom three this week. But yeah, Damien is, he does a good job. He doesn't chew the that you, which made me happy. But 
Ryan Murphy is not impressed with the performance. He's like, I didn't feel anything from that. And Damien's probably thinking, like, I have sung this song so many goddamn times. <laughs> Damien, you're bad, and your performance is bad, and your your abilities this week were bad. I need someone to be the new Finn Hudson, and I want you to be Finn Hudson. Yeah. <sighs> I want this Irish waif of a boy <laughs> to be the next Cory Monteith. Yeah. Which is not necessarily fair. <laughs> I am going to say that Damien could have leading man potential, but like in a different vein of Cor- of Corey, of Finn. He's not leading man jock. He is leading man prep. He's leading man team player. If they made High School Musical the musical the series ten years ago, and also Damien could do a decent American accent, th- he would have been a shoe in for the lead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh no, because then he'd have to learn how to skateboard. <laughs> also... Can we quickly do a segue about the the clip I sent you? Yes. Which I'm pretty sure... So this clip was not in the show. They released a few, like, behind-the-scenes kids hanging out clips later in the season on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think this mm-hmm. is from an earlier episode, and it's Cameron getting Damien to say dirty things in American accent. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because it's Cameron, it's dirty things, and it's Damien's American accent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tamia's American accent, which is <laughs> I'm in a Fast and the Furious movie. Cameron's like, okay, Damien, say girl, get in my car in five minutes and I'll work some magic. And Damien goes, Girl, get in the car in five minutes, I'll work some magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bros being bros. He's his what's his name from, from wrestling? Randy? <sighs> Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Cool. Step into a Slim Jim! I can still be friends with Jake. I remembered her wrestler name. I I wasn't sure if Randy Savage was a wrestler or he was a Disney teen star. (laughs) Oh my god. Because, right? Wasn't that a a Boy Meets World Boy? Corey? Ben Savage? Ben Savage. I also never watched Boy Meets World or Girl Meets World. My TV consumptions in the early aughts were Pokemon and occasionally Power Rangers. And also whatever was on PBS and occasionally the WB. Okay, I did a double check. So Macho Man Randy Savage was a wrestler. Ben and Fred Savage were the brothers who were the child actors. And then Dan Savage is a columnist. Okay. And welcome to Savage Worlds. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Anyway. Alex? Yeah. They sing I Will Survive and it's good because it's Alex and it's I Will Survive. Yeah. Alex puts a little bit of a growl into their voice, which sounds good. My Mm -hmm. note here is, yes, you will survive. And apparently Ryan Murphy by this point had told Amber Riley that she had some competition in Alex. My note here is, they should team up and defeat him. Oh, the exchange was great, though, because Ryan's like, I was on set this week talking to Amber Riley. And Alex is like, oh, that's my girl. And then Ryan continues, and I told her she might have some competition on this show. No, she don't. Oh, I missed the part where Alex said, no, she don't. <laughs> yeah, because there was, like, the very, like, quiet voice, like, Oh, yeah, Amber! No, no, I'm not fun! She's fun! She's great! I'm not gonna steal a spotlight! <laughs> no! No, I want, us to, I want us to be friends, not enemies! Exactly! That was a very cute moment. Yes. And then, yeah, they just say the thing that I was saying before, where Alex was very sassy this week and show more of the vulnerability, and Alex is like, I understand. And a valid criticism. Shocking. Yes, a constructive criticism, even. Yes. Anyways, so before Cameron comes out, they tell Ryan mm-hmm. that Cameron's coming out next, and Ryan just goes, what is wrong with this child? Yeah, they mention that 
or no, I think it's Ryan who says that Cameron seems to be falling behind. And they, like, mention briefly, like, is Cameron a singer and not an actor-singer? I think most of the kids Which, you like, have on the show are singers and can't act on account of you didn't test for acting. Yeah, you didn't teach them anything in acting, which we'll get into next episode. Will we? <laughs> well, I have a point that I want to bring up next okay. episode. <laughs> they didn't let Cameron play guitar, so he just kind of stands there and sings and fidgets. <laughs> yeah, he sings Blackbird. And Ryan's like, Cameron, you're my favorite, but what if you had to kiss Leah Michelle? Yeah... Once again, they talk about how, like, how Cameron refuses to kiss people, and Cameron mentions that his beliefs have been a challenge in his time on the Glee Project, and Ryan is like, but you have morals. That's interesting to me. I don't know morals. I'm in Hollywood. But but it's like, it's always, an, it's like, it's it would be so interesting for me to write a somewhat conservative Christian character, but also yes. you will be required to break out of your shell during the show. And so it's like, he's only interested in the context of I will break them. Yes. Which is like, I get the appeal of that. I get the appeal of introducing a character who is very conservative, and then they realize through their own personal growth that the boundaries they had set up were more a product of their upbringing in society as opposed to what they are personally comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But that requires the person portraying them to also be comfortable expanding their boundaries, which Cameron c- clearly is not presently comfortable with. Yes. And Cameron even says something to that effect. He's like, it's not fair for me to stay when there are people who will, like, cross the line and, like, kiss people that they are not currently in a relationship with. Yeah. And Ryan Murphy is like, are you resigning? You have the audacity to quit in me? In front of me, Ryan Murphy? <laughs> and the camera just goes, uh, y- yeah, I think, like, this has been a great opportunity, but I think I've reached the point where I can't really progress further, and other people can, and I don't want to take their dreams away from them. Yeah, and Ryan Murphy says, Cameron, I need you to put your trust in me. And my note here is, rolling back from my microphone. It's a trap! <laughs> it's a trap! Cameron, flee! <laughs> They basically tell Cameron, go away in the green room while we deliberate, and you also think about it. Which is like, okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. If Cameron was having a panic moment, and in the end he decided to stay, it would be better for him to think about it instead of just saying, you quit? Okay, goodbye. Yeah. And Robert is like, oh, Cameron will stay because he worked so hard to get here. Yeah, they're like, why would he give a television show, a recording contract, and a concert deal? Yeah. And... Then Ryan Murphy goes to talk to Cameron in his dressing room, where Cameron is, as you said, clearly having some kind of a panic or anxiety episode. Yeah. And Ryan Murphy tells him that, like, oh, yes, we want to keep you on the show because we believe in you and have confidence in you. And my note here is, did they say this to any of the actors of color or any of the non-male actors? No. And also Ryan- no. So also Ryan says, you're safe. Like, if you stay, you're not being eliminated. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, you have a gift, an opportunity to share that gift, and if we respect your boundaries and parameters, then why wouldn't you try? And I'm like, damn, would have been great if y'all were willing to respect his boundaries and parameters beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been really great also if they did that with, like, the actual mainline mainstream Glee show, but well, yeah. no, they don't Yeah, would have been great either. if they did that with anyone, but it's like, it's so clear at this point that... Cameron was basically their pick to win. Like, Cameron was the one who br- brought something that Ryan wanted to write for, 
and didn't have to put as much work in because it was already kind of the person there. Like, he he really wanted a Cameron-style character to get in there and be uncomfortable at sex until he wasn't. Cameron, <laughs> th- this, is not a, this is not a dig on Cameron. Cameron was the lazy choice to win. Yeah. In the context of, like you said, Tanner, that Cameron would have, simply by his existence and personality and the fact that he has morals that he believes in strongly enough to say no to Ryan Murphy's face that Ryan Murphy then would have to exert less effort and could be lazier in writing than he would be with other people who are more well-rounded in personality or like, well, not personality, but people who are more well-rounded in roles that they are capable of doing. Yeah, he wouldn't have to stretch outside of the actor's capacity but he also wouldn't have to worry about misrepresenting something if, for example, he were to have, like, put McKinley or Emily through further. And he'd have to mm-hmm. write about their own issues into the show. And he, had, yeah. he would have been faced with, like, okay, do I do this and do this wrong? Or do I just brush past it entirely? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you, you can see that the Cameron was the pick to win. Cameron was going to go all the way to the end if Ryan yes, had because... his way, and now they are desperately trying to backtrack all the stuff they have said to him to try and keep him to stay. Mm-hmm. Because Ryan Murphy flat out says, wow, I do think you could have gone to the finals, and I could have written you a great role. But then we get the reveal that, or not we get the reveal, but then Cameron says, like, no, I think I'm ready to go home. Yeah. And then just just to lay it on thick, Ryan also lets him know that, okay, Cameron, well, because you are now dead to me, Damien gets to survive another week. Yes. And then we see everyone from the from the bottom three walk into the, the rest of the glee shack and Robert puts the list up and Cameron just flat out tells everyone, like, yeah, I'm gonna go home. They're asking things of me that I am not comfortable doing, and they made it clear that this is something that would have to happen eventually, and I don't know when I'm gonna be good for that, so I'm gonna go home and I'm saving Damien. And my note here is no greater love is there than this to lay down one's opportunity to be on glee for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, they go up to the callback list and it mm-hmm. says that like Cameron's callback and Damien has been not called back and Cameron crosses out their names then writes his name on the not called back section. Mhm. Everyone's crying, including the audience at home. Yes. And Damien and Hannah have big hugs with Cameron. Yeah. Because they're friends, the show didn't tell you, but they are friends. Yes. I think he got a little bit longer with the performance of Keep Holding On than the others did. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's good. It's a meaningful moment! <laughs> yeah. Alright, so. Since he's been gone! For Cameron Mitchell. Is this the one that you told me not to look it up because you want me to have a live reaction? Yes. Okay, what happened? So, again, uh, I am quoting Amy Lovett's video partially here. So Cameron is indeed married. I don't know if it's to whoever he was dating when he was on the Glee Project, but like he literally got married a week ago as of recording. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> yeah. Apparently he also dated Demi Lovato when they were both in like middle school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like they went to the same school, which is like, cool. I hope they're on good terms. Cameron is still doing music. Uh, he released an EP entitled Drift back in 2019. and. Tanner, have you seen Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage? Yes. Cameron wrote a song that was included in that movie. What? (laughs) Yes. So he didn't have lead writing credits, but he was 
credited as a writer for the song Take Me All the Way, which was written by him, Bailey Baum, and Chad Copeland, uh, performed by Bailey Baum, which was apparently featured in the movie because <laughs> there's a picture up on his Instagram from the credits of Venom with his name <laughs> featured in it. That is bonkers. <laughs> hey, you know what? We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the song? I did not have time to listen to the song last night. No. Okay. I'm guessing it's like a R&B pop funk vaporwave type thing because that's kind of where he's gone into mm-hmm. is like more production and noise core type stuff. A huge departure from his more folkier things back during the mm-hmm. time of the Glee project. But it's yes. clearly working for him and that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's doing good. Which is good. We love to see it. Also, I didn't know this, but apparently he and Damien were like roommates after the Glee Project. Yeah, him and Damien and Hannah were lived bunked together for a while, like while they were all still trying Aww. to make it in Hollywood. Nice. We love to see it. And you can still find a few videos of like his and Damien's duets online, as well as mm-hmm. him and Damien and Hannah all lip syncing to Call Me Maybe. Aww, good. We love to see stars respecting stars. Because they're stars in our books. Yes. <sighs> your turn for the outro so i think that covers everything for this episode yeah this i'm it's not a very good roller coaster but it is a roller coaster of an episode it's it's like a -a tilt-a-whirl it's like it's like the the boat the big it's a big boat of an episode oh cool yeah i'm glad you decided to move it to the boat rides instead of the tilt-a-whirl because oh boy i have a story about the tilt-a-whirl it's a very short one but it's not a good one okay is it something that we can use to start the next episode off with yeah sure okay but before that I want to let the viewers and the listeners know that Loser Like Me is part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on all your podcasting platforms of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com. If you're an alumni of the Glee Project, hit us up. We want to hear you tear this show a new one. I promise we're not as weird as my bad jokes may make us seem. <laughs> no, we're weirder, but like, <laughs> b- b- bracket, affectionate, and bracket. <laughs> yes. Anyways, next time, next episode is all about Justin Bieber. (laughs) Oh god, I forgot that was a thing. It's believability. (laughs) Guest mentors for this episode are the Justin Bieber experience. All five of them. Mm -hmm. But until then, three, two, one, and And that's that's what what you missed on on The the Glee Glee Project. Project. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.